Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to Fight Night on Talk Sport, your home for boxing every single Saturday night. I'm Adam Catterall and alongside me, fresh, fresh from Malibu Beach, let me tell you. It is the one and only Mr. Gareth A. Davis. I'll tell you something, this is a bit of a come down for you after the uh, abode that you were uh, residing in last week. This is this room that we're in recording tonight is not even as big as my dressing room. <laughs> Honest to God. And you know what? I took enough clothes to fill the dressing room as well. For those that don't know what we're referring to, obviously <laughs> Gareth was out in LA last week for the KSI Logan Paul fight. If you were following him on Instagram, you will have seen luxury. Let me tell you, he was out there living the life. In the Hollywood Hills, like a proper airlister, weren't you, matey? It was quite amazing. I mean, given the 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 magnitude of the occasion, where um, we were being asked to do a red carpet event on the uh, on the Monday night, um, a workout on Muscle Beach on the Tuesday. Oof, that, a, that even just sounds good—a workout on the old Muscle Beach. Go yeah, on. it was just amazing on Venice Beach. I mean, the sunset there, mm. you know, was amazing. The 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 Thursday at the Tau Theatre um, in Hollywood. Um, you know, an amazing restaurant that's on three levels converted into a press conference arena, which was extraordinary. Um, The weigh-in at the Staples Centre on the Friday and then on Saturday, um, an event... I I don't think... I think only the very biggest Vegas events have brought the number of stars that came out for for a major fight night. We haven't really mentioned any names yet, but a major fight night mm. that involved two people who aren't even boxers on the main card. And, and even in the arena, Adam, um, while Billy Joe Saunders was boxing Agustin Coseres and Devin Haney was looking maybe less than impressive for once in both of them in defending their world titles... There was almost a quiet reverence in the audience rather than raucous support and ripples of applause rather like a cricket match mm. for the, oh, these are real boxers, or oh, we better be very respectful here. Yeah. Because it wasn't a normal boxing audience. My take on it, Gareth, last week, and I don't know wh- where you're at with this, uh, and, and this is where it can kind of come confusing for the casual fan, not the hardcore fan, because the hardcore fan knows the score. But with the casual fan who, who just dips in every now and again to the world of boxing, 
I have no problem with KSI and Logan Paul making a few quid and using boxing to do that. Fantastic. I've no problem with Eddie Hearn because at the end of the day, he's a salesman. He's there to make coin and he's there to promote uh, events. My problem mainly last week came with the amount of uh, coverage that mainstream media gave it. For example, Sky Sports. We're all over it. The whole team was out there last week and they covered it very similar to how they would cover an AJ Ruiz fight week. And that, for me, came a little bit confusing. If you're a guy at home sat there going, all right, and then you watch that fight and you can see that it's not really that good, it kind of puts a little bit of a marker on boxing for me, that, that aspect of it. I think if we go... We've got two celebrities fighting here and we give it a little bit of her time. That's no problem whatsoever. But then you come back and say, Inoue versus Daenerys fighting on, on Thursday morning in Japan. This is a real super fight. Then I think you get a little bit more credibility that I way. I think that's a very, very good point. And it's one that really occurred to me during the week. I didn't speak to Adam Smith and Anna and Matt Macklin and uh, Johnny Nelson. Who else was out there? That was pretty much the team. They had Joe Weller, who's also a very well-known young YouTuber YouTube who lad, fought yeah. KSI yeah. in the beginning, of course. As Spencer Oliver kind of told us a couple of weeks ago, he was... He was the guy that started that off on his white collar boxing, you know. And Joe Weller was very interesting to 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 speak to out there as well. And I think I I, I got mixed signals from Adam and his team that they wondered what they were doing covering that. Mm. And I think for me, I think they should have or could have split it and got people from that world to do the commentary on they that fight. Done. Did and, they not? And, Did or, they not? Well, I I don't know. I didn't I haven't All seen right. the broadcast. But for me. Even, even, you know, they, I think they could have switched to a different crew, a younger crew that understands that world. I agree. They could have got the guys, the 12 of the guys that live in the mansion. Do you know about the 12 guys that live in the mansion? Yeah. Or they could have got the beta squad. For example, there's you a know? ladder over here in the UK called True Geordie. I know that he's in True Geordie could have done it. They could have got chunks to do it. Yeah. Some of my new mates that I've met. <laughs> who were, no, so, but, you know, but you are right. You could have got some of the guys Use from that, that world from yeah. that world to talk to that audience who presumably were paying for that pay-per-view because there were two um, very diverse audiences mm. coming to one coming to a head in one pay-per-view event. Maybe Sky should have found a different way of streaming it, mm. whereas uh, that it was not your normal boxing box office yeah, event. I no, I take all of that. And that's what we're going to have to learn or they're going to have to learn from it. I don't have any problem with it. I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I I can be opinionated now. I don't really feel opinionated about... I'm so long in the tooth about anything... I really do expect the unexpected in, yeah. in, in fight sports. Um, you know, it's a bit like you were out the week before at the BMF belt. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So there's no belt for a BMF. No. The BMF, as Jorge Masvidal said, the UFC fighter, actually belongs to Mike Tyson. You know, there's never been a bigger BMF in our time than Mike Tyson. A BMF, I can't say it out, a bad, mm, yeah. you know. But it was, it's again, it's it's using the 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 the, the explosion of and fascination and interest of of a of a number of fans for these guys. I just bumped into a guy down in Borough Market who grabbed me. Oh god, he gra literally grabbed me from behind while I was getting my seafood pie. I was saying, "I can't believe it. I've met you. You're the guy that he loves Nate Diaz and he loves Jorge Masvidal." He said that's the greatest event I've ever seen. Fantastic. It was a it was a great fight. It was stopped um sadly prematurely because of the cuts to Nathan Diaz. But it was brilliant. It was just, it was theatre. And, and yes, it did deserve to be the main event. You know, you could have put Anderson Silva 
and George St. Pierre on that card. But you could still have put the BMFs yeah, as yeah, the yeah. main event because they captured the zeitgeist, you know? And so... But with that, because yeah. obviously we're, we're referring to the boxing with the KSI and the Logan Paul fight, you're right. Everything you're saying is absolutely bang on. I'm just worried about the confusion that maybe the mainstream broadcasters then gave to its existing audience and the credibility that it kind of threw onto that fight. Whereas in two, three weeks' time, they're going to be in Saudi Arabia doing the exact same thing for AJ yeah. and Ruiz, which is the heavyweight championship of the world. That's, yeah. that's where my... Well, well, it's it's where we where we divide the line between saying, do we have to segment um, what is... They're two different. They're two different things, basically. Yeah. One is an entertainment event, and one is professional boxing. Yes. And I think that's why last week, for example, they had two press conferences. Mm. It was the right thing to do. You had all the real boxers, and then you had the slapstick. And I, I think I read some of your comments after the slapstick press conference, which was tasteless. They didn't. It, it was a cringe. A lot of it because you didn't. You didn't really know how to react to one guy saying, "I'm going to kill you." I'm going. Well, they weren't yeah. good enough to even you know really land proper blows on each other because you saw when they jabbed each other properly they kind of stopped for a few seconds mm. to work out what was going on mm. you know there's no way those guys had done hard sparring they're not pro boxers we know that um i think you've hit that there though actually they should have treated it as two different things yeah yeah like, by using maybe two different teams or whatever it may be and, and make, just switch it up and making a clear segregation of going this is this this is a little yeah, bit of fun. Yeah, this is yeah. this, and which then helps people understand what they're watching. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe have maybe have a musical interlude in between where you have a band come on and you dance. Met Rick Ross. Rick, Rick Ross, Ross comes come on, on. Little Baby, <laughs> Justin Bieber acts. You know, no, but it, 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 I think I think you might be right. A degree yeah. of separation. I think they'll learn this though, Adam. Mm. That that that's the way to. I mean. You know, we could have done with a Super Bowl halftime show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you're right with Gaga that. Gaga coming down, you know. <laughs> or, 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 I know, I'm still in LA. It's, it's that cycling down. I did Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach um, on, the, on Monday afternoon. My God. I tell you what, I'd love to be a surfer, you That's know. a bit of you, innit? Oh, man. Talk to me about the things that you've learned regarding the way that people are consuming content now, because that's a key thing. The, the demographics that you've been around and the young people that you've been around that live in this YouTube world, that live in the world of the internet and the internet age, they're not consuming live TV anymore. They're not consuming it how our parents and we mm. have traditionally mm. consume content. Mm. How, how is that? How, what have you learned in that last couple of days that uh, has triggered a few different thought processes well, for you? Well, I think the... I think the entire week, because you know, I mean, I started off um, as kind of a skeptic about this this event. I was skeptic about these guys being on on the same card as the names yeah. such as Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders, who are amongst the very best in the world. Um, but I, I, what I found last week when I was out there was. Um, you know how we do a fight weeks. You, you, you're schmoozing with with everyone. You, it's it's a very active week, and and even from the beginning of last week on the red carpet at the Belasco Theatre in downtown LA. Yes, the 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 media that we both know, all the media was there, the American media and some of the British newspapers and 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 and, and the, the the internet guys, the IFL TVs and the Michelle Joy Phelps, all the people we expect to see at these events, Boxing Social, all these different um, fulcrums and 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 um, platforms. I mean, um, but what what who was also there was a group of people who are already part of the big companies, the big firms, mm. but they're doing work that's not as visible in the mainstream. Um, you know, who are 
like KSI and Logan Paul, um, but they are involved with Foot Asylum or Boohoo or JD Sports. JD Sports, all these gr- groups, and uh, everybody seems to be making content. Then now they're all making content, and, th- and but what they use, they're using people who have a following for things that they do. Yes, um, there are these. Um, Instagram celebs, a lot of they, people they're, that they're, are... They're, they're Instagram celebs, they're YouTube celebs, they, they are... But they're also business people. Yep. They're also the cream of the crop. They're rising to the top. Um, so whereas traditionally, in our day, getting on the television, getting on the radio... Exactly. ...was where people looked at, oh, that's a name of a person that exactly. is in that broadcast world. Now it's changed. People aren't coming to TV or radio to start their careers. They're going on these social media platforms. Exactly. Instagram, driving audience, of which then gets them deals with whoever it may be to cover events like this. Yeah, last... Exactly. I mean, I, I even had a, have a had a very good debate with Jason Cundy and Al, Andy Goldstein. You know what those two are like? I mean, you, you do the show sometimes. Yeah. And it's a very... You know, we, we tend to kind of... Traditional. If they... If, yeah, on that show. No, on that Traditional show, it kind process. of rock and rolls debate. Yeah. But, it, you know, on our show, we roll and roll, don't we? We just roll. Um, but I made the point to them, I mean, Andy and Jason were both being very strong about the fact that KSI and Logan Paul were headlining mm. a big boxing event. And I said, yeah, but over on the other station, talk radio right now, Kate Lawler is a really big name for presenting on talk radio. But what? How, where did she come from? Mm. She came from Celebrity Big Brother. Mm. She was on the very first series. And, and that Celebrity Big Brother was almost like um, the YouTube of today. That those guys are emerging. Yeah, you know, there's the people coming now out of reality TV who reality have genuine TV, talent, but they're using it as a platform to it, get to it, exactly. And then I think, I think you can't. We call them YouTubers. We call them. Is it, is it is it snobbery? I think it is. It's, a little I, bit I, think, snobbery. I, I think what it is. I think that's what changed in me last week. The covers, you know, I'm a journalist. I was there journalistically as well, and mm. I found it fascinating in that the the the, the 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 covers have come off my eyes in the same way it did with the Paralympic Games when I first went. Mm. There wasn't mainstream coverage of the Paralympic Games in the mid-90s. The minute I went to the Games in Atlanta in 1996, once the tears had disappeared from my eyes, the tears of emotion and joy from watching these extraordinary human beings... There was this thing about understanding what disability is not, yeah. you know? And I think it's this... And I've loved it ever since. I've been to eight Paralympic Summer Games, you know, since. And, and it's part of what I love now. And I found that with this... What, the world that, that KSI and Logan Paul have come from mm. that we don't generally tap into as mainstream guys in, 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 in the yeah. media world, that there, there is... Uh, the, the, the generational bridge that has been missed because of the phone now dominating, the internet now dominating, is there. That is it. Mm. I'm a grandparent already. You know, I've just had a grandchild. And I'm so pleased to be in touch with that generation who are doing their thing in a totally different way and who consume in a different way. It it almost felt like a relief to, to, to understand that, ah, this is the way that newspapers need to think. Yep. This is the way that mainstream radio needs to think. This is the way that mainstream TV, as you've mentioned with Sky, need to think mm. that everyone is using their smart TV with their iPad and their phone and, 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 and watching Apple TV. This is the way we're going. Mm. And, and um, it's amazing. It's just, and, and, and for th- that was the kind of, the, on a meta level, that was the fascinating thing about last week.
There you go. Tell you, that's why he's still here, Grandad. He understands the modern world. Um, I saw this man holding court earlier on this week. Monday, it was his press conference uh, for the big announcement, The Fight Before Christmas. I do love a nice title for, uh, for, a, for a boxing card, especially uh, one so tight to uh, Christmas, playing on words, obviously, uh, with the festive season. Daniel Dubois headlining, and it is, obviously, the comeback of the one and only Tommy Fury. Welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Great, thanks, mate. How are you? We're very well, pal. Listen, we're very well. Now that you're not getting sun on your back on a sun lounger, you know what I mean? You're actually doing what you normally get paid for, pal. Get yourself in the ring and do a bit of fighting, eh? Yep, definitely. Um, you know, over the summer, I took a bit of time out doing something that, you know, I wouldn't really do. Um, but, you know, it's paid off. It's, um, it's all paid my way and it's really shown everyone who I am. Um, but now it's time to get back in the ring and do what I do best. Just on that, because we speak about this quite a lot on the show, of trying to encourage fighters, not just necessarily in boxing, but in mixed martial arts as well, to make themselves, you know, more well-known. And whether that is through social media, whether that is doing something just a little bit extraordinary in order to appeal to a different type of audience, in order to then be able to grow their boxing audience, we try to encourage it all the time. So how are you noticing now maybe the different type of fan base that uh, that has come your way off the back of going into Love Island? Yeah, it's, do you know what it is? It's, um, in today's day and age, boxing, you know, about ages ago, boxing was boxing. But today, this have it right, you know, sometimes it's not about how good you can fight. If you're selling out their Marines, if you can sell out their football stadiums, you're, at, you're halfway there. And, yeah. you, and, you, and you might not be able to hold your two hands up. But, but you've got these fighters in, you know, small hall shows, everything like this, yeah, who's absolutely going to be future world champions. But nobody knows who they are. They're not earning promoters any money, and it's going to be hard for them to get out of the um, small hall shows, believe it or not. You know, that is reality, and that's, and that's the way it is. So social media today is uh, something I've just recently learned about from being quite honest since being on Love Island. Uh, mm. I didn't really care too much about it. I didn't really, wasn't interested in it. But I know now that social media is our biggest platform, you know, as the next generation to come through and have, you know, everyone know about us, and that's the way to do it, so... You've got to do something extra, extraordinary to get to people to notice you because there's millions of boxers around the world. You know what? What difference are you to the next man? You know you've got to do something that, that extraordinary. And if you can't grow yourself and you know nobody knows who you are, then it's, you're going you're gonna to be very limited. It's going to be very, very, very hard to break through. So it's interesting, Tommy. I, I, I want to take uh, our listeners back to. Um, I remember meeting you when you were 15, 16, out at uh, Tyson Fury versus Vladimir Klitschko. You were a very young man then. Uh, it was an amazing week. But from the course of that four years and even the course of one summer, I think you went in with 30,000 Instagram followers into Love Island. You have three million now. And yeah. even Tyson then, when he won that world title, was not broadly known. Mm. And it kind of went awry for him for a little bit because of the adverse way that he projected himself in one interview. And yet what you've managed to do, and, you know, as you know, I know your family pretty well. Um, what you managed to do on Love Island was project who you are. And I think that's what's so enjoyable. And we've seen it with Tyson now. He's enjoying being who he is in public. You went on there. You're a young, handsome man at the beginning of your adult life. Um, and, and you've been a... People enjoy you, don't they? And I'm sure you, you don't get much negativity from people, you know? 
Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know one of the one of the two things about being on that show and a show like that, you know, a reality show where you watch you know pretty much every minute of the day, and you know editors can put in whatever clip they want of you. So you know what it is, you, you've just got to be yourself. Um, exactly. That's what I said. That's what I said for the for the whole eight weeks that I was out there. That's what I was saying to everybody out there, and I was just myself. You know, I, I wasn't bothered about you know doing anything like that. I purely went on that show to. Um, to find love, honestly. Oh, it's very sweet, Tommy. And you found it. And I love the way that Molly May now says that you really are like two peas in a pod. I love her. These boys know I'm a romantic. I love a a great love story, really. There's no... Everybody does. And, at the end of the day, I'm not going to change myself. I'm a romantic, romantic, go-lucky type of guy. Lovely. And, you know, when I get in the ring, it changes. You need to start singing, though, because I need a bit of singing from you, because I like to sing with Tyson. Oh, and, I don't know. You got to get me a couple of pints before I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, you, you've known Tommy longer than I have. The maturity levels here. I mean, Tommy, you're only in your early 20s. And the way that you speak just in life, your outlook on life and things like that, you must have some incredibly good role models in your life in order to have such a level head on your shoulders and think about your career the way that you do. Yeah, do you know what it is? It's, uh, everybody says that, says that to me. Um, I speak like in 55. But, <laughs> uh, um, he looked being... about 25 when he was 15. When he was at the... <laughs> uh, I'm only 20. Well, you're 20, exactly, yeah. Do you know what it is? Um, I've had a hard, you know, not a hard life, but, you know, a hard upbringing. Um, it wasn't, you know, it's, it, it was tough. It really was. Um, so that there in itself, it made me grow up a lot faster than the average person. You know, I wasn't interested in going to the park or, you know, eating sweets or whatever everybody else does. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, crack on with what I was doing to secure the rest of my life. You know, I was always thinking about that next step. Mm. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, my dad, my dad's a serious kind of guy. And he treats, us, you know, he treats us all the same. And he he, break, he brings up to be our own men, um, and, that, and that's the best thing about it. You know, I've just grown up, you know, and had my eyes set on the prize all the time. Um, and yeah, I'm just a dedicated young man who keeps himself to himself and has got respect to everybody. Now, listen, I'm not going to back you fighting KSI. I was out there seeing KSI Logan Paul next week. He's not on the same planet as you when it comes to boxing. Tommy, so you're I was surprised. Basically, you're flattening. Exactly. Don't, don't we, 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 we just think you'd be far, far too good for him, you know? Well, thank you very much for getting behind me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, regards to the fight, the only reason why I called his name is because, literally, um, I watched the fight myself, you know. I know who they are. Um but due to the boxing, I do know how they, who they are due to the boxing, I must admit. Mm. Uh, but the only reason I'm calling his name is because after the fight, he said he wanted to continue fighting. And obviously, I've got a good fan, fan base in the UK. KSI's got a great fan base in the UK. Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's a win-win situation for KSI because if he loses, everyone's going to say, oh, you lost your professional boxer. No, no worries, KSI. Pat him on the head and he go back to doing his YouTube. But... Yeah, that's what that's what it is, and for me... Look at you. You've I, seen I, easy money there, Tom. I know what you're doing there, lad. It's easy, though. Listen, <laughs> uh, 20-year-old, you've got to do it, haven't you? You have, you have. Listen, just obviously with the, with, the, with everything that's happened off the back of Love Island, have you found it quite easy to go back to the gym, you know? Because you, you, you've got other earning opportunities there for you now. Is it is it easy for you to get back in the gym and get a back, back about your work? Um, do you know what it is? I'm not going to lie, it was very hard uh, because when you come out of Love Island, you've, you've got all these personal appearances doing in nightclubs and whatever like that. So mm. I spent a good two, two, three months just like two months just in nightclubs every night, you know, <laughs> drinking, getting in at like seven, eight, 
You know, it, it, it was crazy. Honestly, I was watching the sun come up with a bottle of beer in my hand every night. It was getting repetitive. Um, but then I just literally it clicked one Sunday night when I got back. I got back at about half six, quarter to seven. I looked in the mirror and I had bags, bags underneath my eyes. I had no muscle on me. I lost all, I lost all the shape that I was in. And I just thought, you know what? Not, not for me. This, this life isn't for me. I don't want to be one of these, you know, reality TV stars. Uh, you know, just doing the same thing every night. You know, I don't want to be doing the same thing in five years. Mm. Yeah, it might be earning me money, but it's not making me happy. So I had to get back in the gym. I phoned my dad straight away. And I said, listen, we need to get back in the gym. And then after I was in the gym for a few days, I said, you know what? I want to fight. And that's why we're here today. I think that, you know, again, you mentioned John, Gypsy John, your your, your father, who was obviously a heavyweight in the 80s. He was known as Gypsy John. They're laughing. He was Gypsy John. That was his fighting sobriquet. And... um you know, I know John myself. I mean, I've been I've been round to buy gas canisters in the industrial estate up in Lancashire with uh, with with John, and he's no messing, banging on doors, getting the getting the bottles, sticking them in the back. We, in fact, Noah was open that day. But I, I do know your dad fairly well, and I know as as your brothers as well, and Peter and everyone would be saying, and we hear the realism in your voice as well, that with relatives in your family like the great. Um, Uriah Burton, Bartley Gorman, really esteemed traveller fighters from the past and boxers, that you won't be happy, Tommy, unless you achieve in this sport something that your family are happy with as well. Because there, there is a... There is a... You are a fighting breed, as John calls it, aren't you? So there's a, it's kind of impugned on you to be a part of this, to be a part of this history and this DNA. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, everyone in my family can fight, you know, whether mm. they box or not. Uh, my mother can fight, you know, if that comes in too late. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you know what it is? Um, you know, you've just got, you've, got, you've just got to look to yourself, yeah. Of course, I, I would not be happy if I did not win a world title because... For, for ages, that has been my ambition. You know that that is my goal, and still is, and always will be until it happens. Um, well, that's just that's just how I am. But in terms of my family being happy, you know, my my family's happy right now. I've achieved nothing in boxing, um, but I don't. I want to change that. You know, I, I want to write my own fate. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything in life. Mm. You know, I don't look at myself and think you've accomplished something because let's have it. Let's have it right. I haven't. You know. A select few people get chosen every year to be on this show. All you've got to do is participate. You know what mm. kind of what kind of skill or talent does that involve? It involves nothing. So I'm sitting here. Yeah, my, I might be you know in a whole new audience now for sure. But in terms of achieving anything and doing anything, I haven't. You know that's just that's just my mindset. I haven't achieved anything. You know I've, I've got a few more followers and that's it. I love no, that. I love that mentality I though. I, 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 you just sound like someone who's going to succeed. You know, and it starts twenty first of December. My friend talked to me about how excited you are about actually getting out in front of everybody under the bright lights. I can't wait. And the weirdest thing is, you know, I made my debut on the Josh Warrington and Carl Frampton card, yeah. and it's going to be exactly you know a year since I fought there. Um, so it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, but I can't wait to get underneath the lights. Um, you know, for a packed out arena, I can't wait to show everybody there. You know, that I'm not just a reality TV man that's trying to do it to make a few pounds. I'm a fighting man and I want to take this seriously and I am going to do because, you know, long before Love Island I was getting in the ring, I was paying me dues in the gym. So I don't want everyone to forget that. Well, we wish you all the best, mate. Listen, Lovely stuff. You're fantastic to talk to. Yes. Let's get the job done on the 21st and let's get you back on the show, mate. All right? Thank you very much. God bless. Take Cheers, care, Tommy. Pal. Have a great day. Uh, Tommy Fury. 
That's it. Like he said there, he does speak with such a mature head on his shoulders. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. concentrate on that Liverpool card uh, and Callum Smith. I feel for him a little bit, you know. I know that he's taking on John Ryder and John Ryder most certainly has earned his stripes and got himself into this uh, position uh, of WBA regular kind of uh, mandatory, hence him uh, fighting Callum Smith next weekend. But Callum Smith off the back of the World Boxing Super Series, which for me was an enormous success in the ring. Forget logistics outside the ring. In the ring, it's been brilliant. Callum Smith beats George Groves, becomes the number one super middleweight on the planet. And I just thought to myself at that point, he's cracked it. Here we go. The world is the boy's oyster. The likes of the Canelos, the Triple Gs, these type mm-hmm. of characters, we are going to be seeing Callum Smith fight. And maybe not in Liverpool because I don't think we'd get him there, but maybe in Las Vegas. And it's just not materialised for him. Again, I don't know what's happening, Gareth. Well, I mean, you know, at the moment, Callum Smith, again, with all due respect to John Ryder, friend of the show, um... He needs a big fight, and the gods aren't smiling on him at the moment. Um, he's holding out for this huge Anfield event in 2020. Mm. Um, I think that's a long way off still, weirdly. Massively. Because yeah, yeah. in order to sell out Anfield, now this is, again, I just want to give people a little bit of information on this. Next weekend's not sold out. The Echo Arena, or the MS Bank Arena, whatever it's called now, hold, you know, it only holds nine, ten thousand, and it's not sold out. At all. Mm. So therefore, if you think that you're going off the back of this event into Anfield next May, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen unless you have Canelo. Now, is Canelo going to come to Liverpool to fight Callum Smith at £168? Not unless you're paying him £100 million. It's not happening because he fights in Las Vegas and he can earn 30 million off his own contract fighting whoever he wants. 
Yeah, well, not for nothing did DAZN sign him uh, on, was it, an 11-fight deal for $365 million. Why would DAZN allow him to come off an American timescale and come to the UK? It's not going to happen. No, it's not, because they want their money's worth, and they're starting to get it. Mm -hmm. They're starting to find leverage themselves in America after a year there. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if they've got global um, plans in the next 12 months even including association football, you know? Yeah. Um, I think they've, um, DeZona just put a, a bid in for the UK rights as well, I think, which, which <laughs> kind of insinuates that they might even launch here. No, and that's the thing. I think if we were looking at the moment, uh, let's say they've, let's say they had um, just got UK football rights, or yep. at least a third of them, mm-hmm. or a portion. Yeah. You could see them wanting to drive that with a big Canelo Callum Smith event mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. You know, May May at Anf- May and Anfield with the champions. Yeah, Liverpool are going to win, aren't they? You know, you think much. so? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, it's not my. I think subject, you've just you know, I think you've just gone up in the message of everybody on, on Merseyside, apart from the blue half, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The red side are loving you right but now. I, I, I saw someone on Talk Sport a couple of days ago declaring that Liverpool have just won the championship yeah, or something. It, yeah, with me. Uh, yeah. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, the, the thing is, you, you could see the public relations move, the, the promotional course. move in that way, if they had a big fight with Canelo and Callum Smith at the home of the new champions in May next year. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but that's, like you just said, but that, but it's, it's a not mile happening. off. But it's a mile off, yeah. So the big fight for me with Callum Smith at the moment, um, uh, if you could get Golovkin to come up to 12 stone to fight him, it would be terrific. Yes. I think that's possible. Yes. Um, that could happen in the UK. And that would probably do Anfield. You could get away with that as long as you stack an undercard. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith, I think, is quite a likely fight. Does it do Anfield, though? I don't think so. No. I don't think so, it does. I don't think it does. I think it's an O2 Arena fight. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Bubu and... Oh, no, who else is Callum Smith... Uh, but that's it, really. Well, in the, in the well UK, Ramirez, is, it, all, all the other, all the other super middleweight champions. Yes, but here's an M because I don't think me and you have spoken about this. Yeah, um, Chris Eubank Jr. is fighting Matt Korobov, isn't he? Yes, December. And if he comes through that, because that is a hell of a test against Matt Korobov. If he comes through that, I mean, Chris Eubank Jr. Love him or hate him. He has a massive name in this country. I think you've got to love him for what he does. I love him. But there's a lot of fans out there that are divided. Oh yeah, he has got a huge name and he sells tickets. Yes, yes. I mean, again. I'd like to see that. And again, very tough fight for Eubank, but the the lad Eubank will push it to the wire 100%. with him in that contest. There's no question about it. And yes, I think Callum Swift, Smith wins it, but I think he has one of those terror nights, life night. and death, yeah. life and death fight for him. Mm. And one that he's going to be remembered for. I'm convinced that Chris Eubank junior will win a world title eventually mm. a proper world title and he will go down as one of those guys that is in loads of memorable fights purely because of what he brings yeah not so as we know not technically well here's just one, what he brings here's one for you right this division's a mess at this moment in time with people obviously canelo picks and chooses what weight he's going to fight at so he, he's the kingmaker at this moment in and around from 160 it seems right up to 175 he could even go cruiser or heavyweight yeah. as we've been talking about before right so he's the kingmaker <laughs> So everybody's kind of chasing that door. That everybody wants the Canelo fight. Now you've got Chris Eubank Jr. He's fighting Matt Korobov. That's for a WBO in uh, sorry WBA interim belt, which Canelo currently holds. So therefore, at some point, that would have to be amalgamated. They'd have to bring that together. So Eubank Jr. could be the front of the queue to go and get himself a, a Canelo fight based purely on his name. But you never know. Um, 
Eubank may end up getting a fight with Saul Canelo Alvarez. I mean, I, I that's, think he'd that's get. What I mean. to, that's what I mean. He, I mean. he could be the front of the queue for the Canelo fight. He that's could what I'm well saying. be. Oh, for, for the Canelo. Yeah. Yes, I completely see that. So, okay. so everybody I mean, I don't else... think it's a great fight for him. No, not at all. It's a, it's a horrible fight for him because I think Canelo, of all the people we're talking about, he's got the cleanest work. Yes. Of the, all of them. There's no you know? question about that. Yeah. I think his yeah. ring IQ is exquisite. He even but, knocked, hurt your young old elder brother, didn't he? Yes, Mr. Kovalev. Yes, he did. <laughs> but obviously, we're, we're interested in it. Of course, we're interested in Chris Eubank Jr., but we're interested in the Callum Smith thing. And the reason for that is because he has the ring magazine belt. He is the number one super middleweight on the, uh, in the division. If you look around the other champions, the Benavideses of this world, they're not big enough names for him. Mm. There's mm. no super fight there other than Canelo, who flits between the weight categories. I don't know what he has to do. Does he have to go to light heavyweight to go and get himself a monster fight? Maybe, maybe. I mean, how do you think the Saul Alvarez fight with uh, with Callum Smith plays out? I think um, Alvarez would win it, and he would win it late through because there's a lot of real estate there body-wise. And I think he's one of the best body punchers in the world. He's a, a phenomenal counter-puncher, but an aggressive counter-puncher. I think Callum would be winning the fight when he gets stopped. Interesting. No, because I think the I think it could be a, a very close fight technically. Um, I don't think Canelo takes it because of those things because it is razor thin. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I, I think they'd want the fight to be in America. I think 100%. The, 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 the Canelo Canelo team would want the fight. And I think in if he's offered it, he takes it. You have yeah. to take it. Oh no, he has to take it. This could be the making of him as a British boxing legend. He's already done well. We've said it And about... there's a narrative because his brother's been in with Canelo. Oh, yeah, that's true. Of course, Liam's been in there as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, when you look at it, Paul's been in with Andre Ward. Mm. Um, they, will have, they will have been in. Three of the four brothers will, will have been in with number one pound-for-pound pound fighters. It's an extraordinary mm. story because I think Canelo deserves to be number one pound-for-pound pound at the moment. I think, after his performance against Kovalev, I know you'll disagree. The drugs do me, mate. That's what it is. Because yeah, of the failed I, test, that's what do, does me. There's no, there's no better resume. There's no better ring IQ. Totally agree with you. He's fantastic. But because of the drugs thing, I just have to step back and go, Lomachenko's my man. And after watching Inoue, Inoue becomes up there as well. Are we going to talk about Inoue tonight? Of course we will. We'll yeah, talk okay, about yeah. it a bit later. Inoue, Inoue the monster. Mm. Yeah. Um, regarding John Ryder, he's on a he's he's kind of got a free hit next week, hasn't he? Because he's got an opportunity to re- really upset the apple cart. If Callum Smith's not switched on next week, he could get himself in a lot of bother. John Ryder has, as the number one in the WBA, has got the opportunity to create one of the biggest upsets, domestic upsets we've ever seen, I think. Um, whether he does it or not is another matter. I mean, I've been to see him in camp. He looks fantastic. Yeah. Down with Tony Sims on the farm in Brentwood. Um, this is all or nothing for him. There's no, no question that his brain will be absolutely lasered in. Absolutely. He's got a young family. He's it, it, It's a major payday for him anyway. But a, But a victory sets him up with probably a rematch or, you know, again... An 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 easy an easy uh, unification fight for a Canelo, yeah. or you know we got the the dark Canelo against the red Canelo. They, they do look, look very similar. They, they might look good on a poster together. Those two. <laughs> um, I'm dreaming there for John. Um, it's a very very tough fight for him technically. Um, you know we, we know what John does. He does everything very well. Likes to get involved in a war. He's very tough. He has got better with age, mm. definitely. He's at the peak of his powers yeah, now, I'd that. say. He's also at the right weight for himself eventually. He's a very strong man. Um, 
you know, the, the can, he deal with, can he deal with that size? Can he deal well, with the, that length? And the hand speed. And the yeah. hand speed of yeah, Callum yeah. as well. Mm. And the jab and, and the body shots and the levers. The weird thing about Callum for a freakishly tall super middleweight at 6'3", is that he's very good on the inside. Mm. He's got a way of, of, kind of, um, kind of adjusting those levers to be very good on the inside. He's very good to the body as well. Mm. Um, you know, and he's great at covering up. He's got to get under that jab early and upset the rhythm of, of uh, Callum Smith. Do something different in this fight, mm. you know? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's the MS Bank Arena next uh, weekend in uh, Liverpool. Obviously, lots of scouts on that undercard as well. Uh, it'll be well worth the watch. And then, obviously, in the early hours of the morning, Deontay Wilder goes to work in the heavyweight division, defending his WBC crown against Luis Ortiz. A rematch of which uh, Wilder won, uh, the initial one. He obviously stopped his man the initial one, but he didn't do it cleanly enough in his own words, so he's going back for a little bit of more. <laughs> Um, Andy Ruiz was out there training whilst you were out there, uh, getting ready for Saudi Arabia against Anthony Joshua on the on December the seventh. Um, first of all, before I get your thoughts on where Andy's at, because I know you spent a bit of time with him, I want to hear from Manny Robles, a man that obviously a lot of people in the boxing world know. He's obviously the man that masterminded the first victory. So let's see what he's got to say about this second contest. Time is definitely uh, something that we have in our hands. We have a we're having a twelve three month camp. That's more than enough time to prepare for, for, for any fighter. And, uh, and, you know, we did it once. We have to go out there and prove to the world that we can do it again. People are saying, oh, there's photos of Andy looking a lot thinner than he was. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, are they doctored? Does his weight actually matter? Does the shape of him matter going into that second fight? It's funny, a couple of months ago, we were being, he was being criticized for being big and being overweight and just not looking in shape. And two months later, uh, now he's too skinny. But at, at the end of the day, the only, the only opinion that matters is his opinion. You know what I mean? And our opinion, obviously, as a team, knowing that he feels that he's feeling good in the gym, that he's feeling strong, sharp. Uh, and we're not where we want to be yet. You know, we, we still have a few pounds to lose. Uh, but we're heading in the right direction, definitely. What have you, I know you say time is your watchword, your guru word, if you like, for what you've been able to do. What have you changed up as you do as great trainers to keep him more interested, to keep him bubbling, to keep him on edge for this contest? I mean, it's, it's always good. I mean, every time I get him in the gym, you know, he, he knows he understands we're going to work. To me, it's never easy. And, and I, you know, uh, you... you uh, you're only as good as your last fight, as they say in boxing, you know what I mean? So we know we have to work. We know we have to put in the work. We we understand that you win your fights in the gym. So I understand that we have an Anthony Joshua out there that's hungry, that wants his belts back, and we know, I know, he will be ready. So we have to come in even more so ready than we were the first time. And having time in our hands, that helps. Will he be very mentally affected, Joshua, by the fact that he was outboxed by Andy and dropped four times as well. I've watched the fight back a few times. People saying Joshua quit, I don't believe he quit. He was still fighting back. He was still looking for that big right hand, wasn't he? He couldn't get it on, but he was still looking for it. He was still looking for that big right hand. He was still looking to try and get Andy before Andy got him. But mentally, 
Will a fighter like Joshua have been affected by going down four I times? So. I think so. I think it's not that hard to figure out. You've been in this sport for a little while now. You understand. Mm. You understand the sport, and you 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 probably agree with me that it does. It does play. Could be the biggest problem it, for him. It does. It definitely does. He come in. He can come in in great physical shape, yeah. but mentally, will he be? Will he be there mentally? Does he exchange with him? Does he exchange does he with him? Exchange does, with yeah. him? Because it's it's gonna happen. I mean, he can't box all night. A lot of people think, or a lot of us, a lot of us think, or some people may think that he's gonna come out. Joshua, meaning he's gonna come out there and try to box, try to use his re, uh, try to use his length. You know, try to be in a bigger fight. Didn't he do that for the first two yeah, rounds so. in the first fight? Absolutely. That's what I remember. Absolutely. And and you can only you can only you know box for so long. Mm. Eventually, and, and he's gonna get in there and he's gonna work that body, work that head. And how is uh, how is Anthony Joshua going to react when he gets hit? Very hard not to uh, disagree with anything Manny Robles said there, the trainer of uh, Andy Ruiz, as he's preparing for this second fight with Anthony Joshua. Everything he said there is factually true. The great thing about Manny Robles is I went that was I went to see him on the Tuesday and he invited me back to see Andy on the Wednesday. Um I just missed him on the Tuesday. It's about an hour out from the yeah. center of LA, Legends Gym. Um baking hot. Um the great thing about Manny Robles, it doesn't matter what happens to his fighters, how big they become. And remember these two went off to see the Mexican president. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Los Pinos. Um, the, the 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 place where the Mexican president is, and he's an Andy as well. Um, Manny never changes. He's one of those. That's what I love about our trainers in boxing. The great ones, they never change. Doesn't matter what their what what their guys achieve. Experience. They don't grow with them. They've been it. They've seen it. They've done it, mate. Yeah, and they they they're, they're they're like the wisest teacher you've ever had. They mm. are the senseis. They are the um, the guys who. They they bring the they bring their charges back to reality. Yeah, and you know he said to me, "Come back tomorrow." I said, "What's the entourage like now?" He went, "You'll see tomorrow." And I went, "No, no, no come. On, what do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm like, I'm not gonna have to fight through thirty people to get to Andy Ruiz, and it's just you today." Charles Martin was there. I know we're gonna hear from him later as well. Charles Martin was there that day, and he was working with him. It was just those two. And uh, Charles Martin went, and I said, "No, come on, I'm gonna be dealing with." Dozens of people tomorrow. He went, just come back tomorrow. And I went, no, come on, just tell me. He said, it'll be me and Andy. There'll be no one else. Because that's how we have it. When Andy comes here, I work with him. Yeah. He said, don't worry about, you know, Andy, is he getting thin for this fight? Is he getting the uh, the belly tuck and all these things that people are talking about? Mm. Is he on a weird diet? And the celebrity of it all. The now celebrity of it famous. all. You know, he's, he, he's got this whatever it's a yellow Lamborghini drives around now to training. Manny is a boxing guy through and through and through. And that's what I find about him mm. unchanged. And that is the great advantage for Andy Ruiz going in to this second fight. And he's so right that the adjustments are the ones that are going to have to be made by Anthony Joshua and Rob McCracken and that team. The four knockdowns weren't on Andy Ruiz in the first fight. No. They were on Anthony Joshua. And when he was knocked down, he got up. And when he was knocked down, he got up. They're basics. They're fundamentals. And they've got a lot to work on there. Mm. Look, Andy Ruiz still looks... I didn't see him sparring. They didn't want us to watch him sparring. Um, we know what he is, though. Very fast hands. Mm -hmm. um, great self-belief. Um He's now fulfilled his dreams. But I just wonder whether he's as hungry as he was before he won that world title from Anthony Joshua. Yeah.
It's a know? lot different being the hunter than it is the uh, the hunted. Exactly. Different type of mentality. Exactly. And it will be interesting to see how he's approaching his count this. Listen, everything that I've heard, he's bang on point and he's uh, he's looking well and he spoke to you quite well and he's saying the right things. It's, we're going to find out on December 7th. Yeah, it's just lip service though. Yeah, we're going to hear from him next week. I mean, we're saving that for next week. I mean, he, he was... What I found interesting was that they... Remember I went to see them before they fought. I nipped down to LA 17 days before he fought Anthony Joshua. Mm. He'd only been given five weeks' notice for that yeah. fight. Um, Andy Ruiz is a very nice kid. Yeah. His family are really nice. They, they're, they, they're a middle-class Mexican-American family. His dad put everything into his son because... He was this little kid that was fighting everyone in the street, was fighting men at the age of 12, couldn't turn a fight down, was always in a little bit of trouble, but he's cherubic. You've sat close to Andy Ruiz. He, he, he doesn't... He, if Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the planet when he was heavyweight champion, Andy Ruiz is, is, the, is the nicest choir boy you've ever met as mm. the heavyweight champion. But he, he, he's, he's got no vindictiveness. Mm. Uh, as a human being, until you start to prod him, start till you start to annoy him, and we're very lucky as British guys going over to America because there's a real thing in America at the moment, Adam, where the American fight market and the Mexican fight market they know because of our brilliant supporters here in the UK and the great work that our promoters are doing, the great work our boxers are doing that boxing is flying in this country. Mm -hmm. And they really appreciate it. The American media were not allowed into that gym when we were there, mm. you know? But I was, and a couple of other Brits who I'd brought with me were allowed in. Because we have... Um, a bit of credibility coming yeah, along but also, with that? Yeah, but also that Andy Ruiz has a relationship with the British public. When they came over here for their press conferences, yeah. they really felt appreciated. Mm. You know, when he pulled out his sombrero and he, someone came and gave him his... Remember when he came, wore his sombrero at the, uh, the, the launch of this fight? Um, they just feel very loved by British people. And I think British fight fans love an underdog story. Mm. And Anthony Joshua, everything was set up for him up to that point. Um, it's going to be a fascinating event. I, I mean... I'll tell, you what's, I'll tell you what's going to be fascinating. Wednesday. Because uh, we are spending a little bit... This is the first time I've seen AJ since defeat. We were lucky enough to spend a lot of time with him, obviously, in the build-up to his, uh, his first fight with Andy Ruiz. And listen, it was a normal AJ camp. Everything seemed to be normal. But then it changed a little bit, didn't it? He went away from Sheffield and then he spent a lot of time over in America and various things happened. And we now know the results of that. This is the first time that I've personally been in his company since that night and it's going to be interesting to see where he's at because you can tell a lot from those moments from being around someone and looking into their eyes and chatting and just to see where they're at whether it's just lip service or whether they mean what they're saying I'm looking forward to Wednesday to see where he's at me too I mean I saw him about five weeks ago um, in a shoot with KSI mm. believe it or not they're both from Watford at the end of the day and they know each other they're from the same generation and they were doing a shoot together about 50 camera crew there um, yeah it was one of those in total contrast to what you've just been saying about Andy Ruiz yeah exactly <laughs> but um, I I had a fascinating chat myself with with Anthony a little bit off the record a little bit on the record and yeah, he's got some rebuilding to do. I even felt that then. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm sure when we see him next week, he will be um, 
what will he be? He'll be 12 days away, 14 days away from the fight. Mm. So the self-confidence will have built up again. Yeah, he, he was rebuilding when I saw him. Still thinking about that loss, still thinking about his game plan, how he was going to do it this time. I mean, a lot of people feel he will stand off this time. Over the last uh, week or so, the, um, the sport has sadly suffered yet another death. Um, 27-year-old Dwight Ritchie died, um, sadly losing his life off the back of a, a, a spa uh, in Australia. Uh, and that is now the fifth, if I'm not mistaken, Gareth, in the last 12 months. No, it's, it's the fifth since July the 19th. Wow. Not. Yeah, July, August, five months. One, one every month for five months. Wow. Mm. And this one, absolutely heartbreaking for a young man, 27 years of age, obviously brought in as a sparring partner and to lose his life not in full competition is just absolutely horrific. Yeah, sparring with, um, had a family, I think it's three children, as you say, 27 years old. Um, sparring with Michael Zarafa, preparing for a fight with Jeff Horn. Mm. Um, you know, a high-profile fight in Australia, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, co- collapsed after a body shot in sparring and uh, and and was was the, the, the medical team that were called to, to look at him could not recover his life. So it, it, it's been an extraordinary five months, really. I mean, I, I mean July the 19th, Maxim Dadashev. Yes. Um... An eleventh round stoppage. We spoke to his trainer, Buddy McGirt, McGirt, on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, he had a cerebral edema and required brain surgery. Never recovered. July the twenty fifth, Hugo Santillan um, had a swelling of the brain and kidney failure, um, and died from a cardiac arrest. Twenty first September, Boris Stanchov. Um, had a cardiac arrest and died. This is the worst one of all of them. They're all terrible, but he was using his cousin's medical records and license wow. to box, which, which, which is, I mean, he inflicted it upon himself really by doing that. But it's just terrible that 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 that, that was that was passed. That, that the details weren't checked. Mm. Um, that he was able to box under those conditions. Patrick Day, of course, on October the twelfth. You know, um, we've both spoken to Eddie Hearn about that. Um, and and Lou DiBella. He was down three times in that fight, and he had seizures, a coma, uh, went into a coma and, and died. And now, and now uh, Dwight Ritchie. So five deaths in five months. Terrible, really, for the sport. But it, it's making everybody talk about the safety issues. And here's a couple of things I've been thinking about. You know how boxers, when they put the gloves on, they love how hard some of the gloves are with, yep. you know, talk about the Grant gloves and gloves with horse hair in them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to remove all horse hair from gloves, make sure they're all foam padded. Maybe we move to 12-ounce gloves, not 10-ounce, um, because there's still enough power in 12-ounce gloves to, to cause the knockout. Um, you know, maybe just the margins. Um, it is fine margins at the end of the day. And <sighs> making sure... Listen, I personally think that we're in an incredibly good place at this moment in time, especially I mean, especially here in the UK. I think the British Boxing Board of Control are, the, are amongst the very, very best in the world when it comes to medical assistance at the side of uh, the ring on big professional fight nights, even on small professional fight nights. And the testing and the build-up and the medicals and of the course. weight checks and all those things and are just, very stringent. We know Robert. We both know course. Robert Smith. And the due Edward. diligence that they go through in order yeah. to check trainers yeah. and various things like yeah. that. Some of, the, some of the trainers that we obviously are very... 
uh, that we get to work with very on a week by week basis here on on Talksport when we're getting to speak to them. Some of these guys are incredibly well experienced, not just necessarily in the art of boxing, but medical things and various things like that. So therefore, they can keep their fighters safe, and that's the that, that's what we want. Up, up, up uh, at the foremost of everything, of course it is. But it's like you said, around the world, maybe we just need to be bringing certain things in line because people do cut corners because, as we've said, and we've heard it from Deontay Wilder a little earlier on in the show, people are out there trying to feed their families. People are out there trying to earn a coin. And if they can, you know... Bend the rules. If well, they like can bend the Boris rules, Sancho, they bend the rules. And, and, you know, I've spoken to insiders in the spot. I'm doing a special report at the moment for The Telegraph into this. There are people, insiders, who are, who are saying that... Um, there are uh, there are certain countries where you can become a licensed trainer or coach, literally by just filling out a form, and and that's where we got to be be wary. Of course. There's thousands of rounds of sparring and and boxing every every week in every country, thousands yeah. of them, and with nary a, a a glimmer of of danger for for people. But we are an inherently dangerous sport. So the tighter the rules in every country, the better it's going to be. The minimization of the number of deaths that there are. And, you know, whenever there's a death in sport, it has to be a wake-up call um, to just try and tighten everything. But we'll never get away from the fact that there are, on average, you know, eight deaths a year in the sport. Mm. Um, but, it, but like you say... It, it's about how stringent can you make the, the conditions in every country, in every country that's boxing, you know, because, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it, fighters need to be protected from themselves and fighters do it because, you know, you go back to Mike Towell um, when he died last year or the, it was last year, wasn't it? Mm. Um, you know, he'd, he'd been complaining of a headache for a couple of weeks. That should have been picked up and he should have not have been fighting, in my view. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's those kind of things that he wanted to fight, though. Well, that's the problem. We need to make you know, it tougher for, for fighters yeah. to actually get in the ring. They need yeah. to be passing extreme stringent tests in order yeah. to yeah. before they climb through those ropes. Yeah. Because, like you say, they want to feed their families. It's in their blood. It's that uh, machoism, isn't it, of going, there's nothing wrong with me, I can get in the ring. At the end of the day, safety first. I think we're in a good place. But like you've just said, we've had five deaths in five months and that's absolutely yeah, and too pe- many. Yeah, and people being honest as well about, you know, if sparring's too hard in gyms and if, if some gyms are encouraging it and it is too hard. And, you know, in this day and age, we really, you know, need to look at those things because it's not... There's no, there's no exact science about this because, you know, we, we know boxers who, you know, go to the Boxing Writers' Dinner at the Savoy every year, British Boxing Writers' Dinner, and there's guys in their 60s who box for 25 years who are as clear as a pin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They are razor sharp, but there are others who aren't. And you don't know how the the, the effects of punches to the head or the body are going to affect someone after many years. So there is that in, inexactness about it all. Yeah. But we just, we need to be, we all need to be guardians of it because we love it so much we we get thrilled by people fighting under licensed conditions in 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 a in a in a, in a way that's 
we consider safe, that is over a certain number of rounds. Do you move championship rounds from 12 to 10, for example? Do you know, they moved from 15 under Jose Suleiman with the WBC many years ago, and, and when it was 15 mm. rounds. Because um, we often say, you now, if that had gone around, <laughs> if that fight had gone on for 15 rounds, he would have won or mm. she would have won. Um, but it, it's a difficult situation. It's always difficult to talk about it because this is the time when people who are against the sport come out with very loud voices, and there's no no way that the sport should be abolished because it has its place in society and if it went underground we'd only have more deaths yeah i, cu- I couldn't agree more um to finish the show i just want to uh, give you a little bit of a thought because we've, we've spoken quite a lot about heavyweights um throughout the last uh, three hours or so don't forget this will be available as a podcast for you so make sure you get all over that talksport.com or on uh, itunes for fight night I just want to give you a little bit of a thought because this week on November the 13th, it was the 20th anniversary mm-hmm. of our last crowned undisputed heavyweight champion. It was, of course, when Lennox Lewis defeated Evander Holyfield in their second fight, November the 13th, 1999, the last time we had an undisputed champion. Are we going to get one anytime soon? Well, I think so. And 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 I think we have to have one. Um, um, I know that... You have a theory at the moment, we've spoken about it tonight, that some of these belts may get fractured mm. depending on who wins out of Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Um, you know, obviously, if we have um, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury next year, someone's going to be holding the WBC title and someone's going to have three of the other belts. If we can just hold on to it for one more fight, we get a unification, don't we? Whether it's Wilder and Joshua, whether it's Fury and Ruiz or whoever it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be amazing to have it. Tyson Fury, if he's sitting here now, would argue with you, no, 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 I'm the lineal champion. I am, I'm the undis- I was the undisputed guy uh, when I beat uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko four years ago. But Deontay Wilder was still knocking around then. Yeah, um, and he was and still the WBC champion. He was, and they didn't show any interest in each other. It's his 10th defence, of course, that we didn't mention earlier, his 10th defence mm. on uh, on the November the 23rd what, in what's, Las Vegas. What's the more likely, just quickly, what's the more likely? Do you think if Wilder beats Ortiz next weekend, Ruiz beats Joshua, is that the more likely that we'll get an undisputed fight at the start of next year? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. Because yeah, of the management I'd... situation with Al Heyman. If if they decide to do that, if they think it's a big enough fight, and if they think it's big enough to put the four belts together, yes. But I just wonder, contractually, if it is signed already, um, do we have to see Fury and Wilder fight on February the 22nd? I'm still not convinced it'll happen on that date, as we've no. both said so many times. Yeah. It doesn't feel far enough away. Um, but maybe this is all building now, all this stuff we've had with Wilder making a lot of noise in the last couple of weeks and Fury making all the noise he has from September onwards doing various things like TV shows with the family. Can't wait to see that, by the way. Uh, was it at home with the Furies? Something like that, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. It's going to be it's gonna be bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Um, oh, I want to say, no, we'll see Fury and Wilder, but I'm probably, in my head, I'm probably contradicting myself. And then I'd like to see the winner of that against... Um, well, I'd like to see the winner of that against either Ruiz or Joshua in, I don't know, summer at Wembley, you know? Fingers crossed. Oh, God, come Fingers on. crossed. Yes, please. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 